We are back in the book of Proverbs, uh, studying this book of ancient wisdom for our everyday life. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Uh, We're going to begin there looking at verse 17 in just a moment. Well, as you read through Proverbs, uh, you'll notice that some of the book is dedicated to helping us in our own individual lives to make uh, wise decisions that will really be to our own benefit. But then there's uh, other portions of the book that takes into account, really, our standing with God. And that's kind of the underlying theme of Proverbs, is living in the fear of the Lord. And so there's some portions of Proverbs that help us to navigate complex uh, situations in our life. And then there's lots of the book also that is about our interpersonal relationships, how wisdom and a desire to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord will work out itself in the way that we treat others around us. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on again today, Uh, this time looking at the subject of cruelty versus kindness. This is a repeated contrast uh, throughout this book of wisdom. Like the background image on our slides illustrates, Proverbs is presenting us here again with a binary choice. Uh, We will either be characterized by cruelty and harshness or by kindness and generosity towards others. Now, uh, before we get any further, let's just define our terms. By cruelty, I mean taking advantage of others, uh, using people, or you could just say being a jerk to people, uh, causing suffering and feeling no concern about it. You want to think about cruelty as kind of a scale. On the one side would just be general harshness. On the other, more extreme side would be something like abuse. That's the category we're talking about, mistreating others, uh, thinking only of yourself, not caring about the needs of other people at all. By kindness, I mean a disposition of the heart that leads to acts of service and generosity. Kindness is more than just being friendly, it's being considerate, being generous to other people. Kindness is putting the needs of others above your own interests. It's the opposite of selfishness. And so to start with, let's look at Proverbs 11, verse 17, which says, A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Now that's an interesting proverb. Obviously, it's encouraging us. Uh, to be kind rather than cruel. But notice the incentive that's given to us in this proverb. We're not being told just to be kind because it's the right thing to do. Uh, We're not even told here to be kind just simply because it's pleasing to the Lord, although that's obviously true. Rather, we're told that kindness will benefit ourselves. Being cruel or harsh will hurt us in the long run. And I don't think this is just speaking about consequences necessarily, although that may be part of it. Uh, Like if you're a kind person to others, people will be kind to you in return. If you're harsh, that may come back to bite you. That may be part of it. But notice there in verse 17, you see the word himself appears uh, twice in the ESV. That's actually translating two different Hebrew words from the original text. Uh, It's possible that those two different words are simply being used for poetic variety or it may be that there's significance to the difference. But the first word is not necessarily just referring to uh, himself as an object, but rather it's the word nephesh, uh, which is translated soul throughout the Old Testament. So you could translate that first phrase, and many English versions do. A man who is kind does good to his own soul. That seems to be the sense of that first part of the proverb. That a disposition of kindness 
actually leads to a better quality of life for yourself. That you'll find more happiness and fulfillment in a life uh, in life if you seek to help and serve others rather than only being focused and concerned with your own needs and desires. So now we're going to go through Proverbs, kind of looking more specifically at how this book instructs us in this area of kindness. Uh, First, chapter 3 of Proverbs, verses 27 and 28, says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. So here we're obviously being instructed to be quick to help and serve other people. Uh, You notice there in verse 27, it seems like we're talking about an action at the end of the verse there. It says, when it is in the power of your hand to do it, then in verse 28, it says, don't say tomorrow I will give it. So they were talking about kind of two, a broad category of things that would include uh, both physical, tangible needs being given and services being rendered. So the good that we're told not to withhold from others, it could refer to something like money a tool that the neighbor needs, a certain type of skill or expertise that you have, a physical aid, any number of things. It's left unspecified, so it can refer to anything that you have that someone else needs. Now, let's acknowledge here that there are some qualifications. We are to give this good to those to whom it is due, right? Uh, And we are to do this when it is in the power of our hands to do it. But the idea here is to look for ways to serve rather than excuses not to. Have a disposition of helpfulness towards others. Now, don't look at other people as a bother. Think of yourself as a servant. Proverbs 23, verse 6 and following says, Do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies, for he is like one who is inwardly calculating. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. This description of a stingy person is quite, <clears throat> quite interesting. Someone who is stingy may offer you something, this proverb is saying, sort of as an obligation, while inwardly they're upset about having to give it to you. And they're kind of inwardly calculating uh, the cost of your meal as you're eating it and sort of building up a resentment towards you. And so we're being instructed here to serve and to extend kindness to others. And we are to do so freely without uh, such inward resentment about it. Proverbs 11, verse 24 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Again, the practice here is about generosity. We're talking about a specific business practice uh, where in verse 26, the merchant is holding back his grain from the free market in order to raise the prices when there's a greater need for it. You can artificially create a shortage of supply, thus driving up the demand for your product, and then you can charge more for it. Essentially, this is a way of taking advantage of others' needs to enrich yourself. And this proverb says that a blessing is on the head of him who sells. Uh, Yes, you have to make a living, but do so in ways that serve and benefit other people rather than doing so in ways that take advantage of others. So this is kindness and cruelty applied to even things like our business practices. Proverbs 12, verse 11. 
adds another layer to this issue of kindness or cruelty, that being even our treatment of animals. Proverbs 12, verse 10, Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. That may seem like a very strange thing uh, for the Bible to say. But apparently God cares about how we even treat animals. Uh, And this fits somewhat with really the, the whole pattern of the Bible. For example, in the book of Exodus, when God gives us the Ten Commandments, when he gets to the one about the Sabbath, he extends it to animals as well. Uh, they're supposed to have a day off too. And so kindness should characterize even our treatment of animals. Now we move on to one of the more, more predominant themes in Proverbs on this subject, that being our treatment of the poor. And we're going to spend a little bit more time uh, on this issue. This is something I think a lot of good conservative churches like ours maybe don't talk enough about. First, Proverbs teaches that very few things invite the anger and punishment of the Lord more than oppressing those who are poor or powerless. And there are many Proverbs that we could look at on this point. It comes up frequently uh, throughout the book. Here are just a few. Proverbs 22, verse 16 says, Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives, ri- or gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Uh, verse 22 of the same chapter says, Do not rob the poor, because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and rob of life those who rob them. Uh, this is the constant drumbeat of the book of Proverbs on this subject, that God fights against those who oppress the poor, uh, those who become rich at the expense of others. In this case, verse 23 goes as far as to say that those who rob from the poor, God will rob them of their life. Chapter 23, verse 10 of Proverbs says, Do not move an ancient landmark or enter the fields of the fatherless. Notice the reason, verse 11, For their Redeemer is strong. He will plead their cause against you. Again, you notice there that the, uh, the reason we're told not to do this is because God will work in behalf of the poor. Uh, and here speaking specifically of the fatherless or orphans. As we've talked about in the past, moving the boundary marker of your property lines was a means of basically taking advantage of someone by slowly over time stealing their property. And we're told that such practices invites the opposition of God against you. Proverbs 28, verse 3, a poor man who oppresses the poor is a beating rain that leaves no food. So notice there, it's not always just the rich who oppress the poor. Sometimes poor people oppress other poor people. So don't think that you're just automatically off the hook uh, because you don't have means. You can still be taking advantage of others. Uh, This issue isn't necessarily one of powerful people versus powerless people. Really, this issue of cruelty is just a human problem. We can all be cruel to others regardless of our economic or societal status. We can use other people. We can take advantage of other people. Uh, We can be selfish with no concern for others. Next, Proverbs instructs us to be generous to the poor. So not just the kind of the obvious point, don't take advantage of poor people, don't oppress the poor, don't rob from the uh, poor. But also it, it pushes us to go further than that, to extend kindness and generosity to them, sharing the means that we have 
with others. Again, many, many Proverbs uh, make this same basic point. Here are just a few. Proverbs 22, verse 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Chapter 14, verse 21. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Verse 31 in that same chapter says, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Oppressing the poor is an insult to God. Generosity to them is a means of honoring the Lord. The idea here being that people of lower economic and societal uh, status than you are nonetheless people. They are still image bearers of God. And how you treat them is a reflection of your respect and honor towards God himself. And again, this is a regular theme throughout Scripture, that our treatment of the poor is seen by God as our treatment of him. Remember, Jesus said this in Matthew 25, that on Judgment Day, how we treated the least of these will be seen as our treatment of Christ himself. Proverbs 19, verse 17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. We should be generous to the poor as we would to God. And the Lord promises a blessing on the one who extends such generosity. Now, uh, how does this work with all of the other Proverbs that we've looked at over these last several months about laziness, about uh, poor financial decisions, about foolishness? Because Proverbs has already told us a lot about how laziness and foolish habits tend to lead to poverty. And here I think we get back to that statement uh, from chapter 3 that we started with. We are not to withhold good from those to whom it is due. Some people are poor because of their own poor choices. Uh, but there are situations in which poverty, uh, really, poor people may not have other options. Again, far less common today in America than it was in the past, uh, certainly in the ancient world, but it still does exist in some situations. And we are called to look for those situations and endeavor to help. Proverbs 21, verse 13, Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. In other words, if you are not generous and kind to others, don't be surprised if you're treated badly when your time of need comes. Now, let me hasten to say that there's a lot of very foolish and ineffective ways of handling this issue. Uh, we think of something like socialism, right? Uh, most Christians in America today do a good job of pointing out how those types of programs are antithetical to the teaching of Proverbs. They take away all of the incentive structures uh, that encourage wise financial decision-making and hard work and personal responsibility. But let's not go so far in our rejection of some of the foolish ways that people have tried to solve the poverty issue that we end up just ignoring large portions of our Bibles which instruct us to have a generous eye towards the needy. This is something God convicted me of some years ago, and I've tried to intentionally get better about it. I can't help everyone. I'm not some rich guy with uh, unlimited means. I work a pretty normal job, but I can, and as a Christian, I should help some people. I should have a generous eye towards those who are less fortunate than me. Now, again, there's all sorts of ways to talk about uh, parameters in that and what wisdom looks like and how to deal with that issue. And I don't want to necessarily get caught up in all of that today. But we as Christians should have an eye 
towards the poor. We shouldn't be coming up with excuses not to help anyone and to just be selfish with our resources. There are literally hundreds of passages in the Old and New Testament that instruct us to extend generosity to those of lower economic status than us. And again, I'm not here to tell you uh, how much you should do that, how often, uh, who you should do that towards. I'm just saying, don't cut those verses out of your Bible, which is what a lot of us are prone to do. We can justify it in a million different ways, but at the end of the day, I think for many of us, we just don't want to be generous. We don't want to be taken advantage of, but that's the cost of kindness. You open yourself up to be taken advantage of at times when you choose to extend kindness and generosity to others. Proverbs 28, verse 27, Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Don't hide your eyes to the needs of those around you. Not only does Proverbs teach us not to oppress or take advantage of the poor, but to be generous to them, but we're also told to treat them with dignity and respect. Now, don't look down on people who are of a lower economic or social status than yourself. Proverbs 17, verse 5 says, Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Uh, disrespecting the poor is seen as an insult to God himself. Again, this idea is that how we treat those on the lowest end of the social spectrum is seen as a matter of either honoring or dishonoring God. God made them. They bear his image. And so how we treat others is ultimately a reflection of our honor and respect towards God himself. Uh, Proverbs 19, verse 4, Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is desert, deserted by his friend. Uh, Christians are called to be, fr to be a friend to the friendless, uh, to reach out to those who are rejected by others. And isn't this exactly the example that Jesus left for us? He chose to spend time with the despised of the world, those who were looked down upon by society, and by the way, sometimes rightfully so. Uh, Jesus spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes, and he was often rebuked for his association with them. But he reached out to them and was their friend. Proverbs 22, verse 2. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. The point here of this proverb is that you're not any better than anyone else. Someone of lower status is not less important than you. And again, you see the reason there in that verse, because the Lord is the maker of us all. When we understand ourselves to be simply clay in the potter's hand, we'll recognize that all of us are standing on level ground. All humans are worthy of dignity and respect because of the God who made them. They are creations of the Almighty. Thus, we should never look down on one another for these superficial differences that we may have. Next, on the subject of kindness versus cruelty, this may be perhaps the most difficult part. Proverbs instructs us to be kind even to those who are unkind to us. Don't be vindictive, but extend love and generosity even towards our enemies. Proverbs 25, verse 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. We are told here to be generous and kind even to the jerks 
in your life, to your enemies. We're told to serve them, to bless them, to be kind to them, and God will reward you. True kindness is a generous orientation of our hearts towards others, even when they don't deserve it and when they don't love us in return. Just as God himself has been kind to we who were his enemies, so we are now called to extend his kindness to others. More on that in a minute. Uh, One quick clarification on this subject of kindness. Kindness is not the same thing as niceness. Being nice means being agreeable or pleasant. Being kind means acting in the other person's best interest, even when it may upset them. Proverbs 27, verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Kindness may not always be pleasant. In fact, sometimes, as this proverb says, it may feel more like a wound. As Psalm 141, verse 5 says, Let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Jesus was kind, yet Jesus often rebuked people. He called the Pharisees hypocrites. That wasn't pleasant, but it actually was kind. He was exposing their sin, uh, like a kind surgeon may have to cut deeply to get to a cancer that's causing harm. So don't conflate kindness and niceness in your mind. Don't think that kindness is simply uh, pleasing other people and always doing things that others would perceive as nice. Kindness is acting in the best interests of the other person, putting their well-being and their needs above your own, being concerned with others rather than being selfish. It's actually far deeper of a love than merely being nice. One last proverb, chapter 21, verse 21 says, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Kindness is something we are called to pursue. For some of us, it just doesn't come naturally. We have to work at this. Uh, It's a pursuit that promises a more fulfilled life and a good reputation. It invites the favor and blessing of the Lord into your life when you are kind to others. And so now as we close, I want to look at three texts from the New Testament. <clears throat> the first is Ephesians 4:31 through chapter 5 verse 2. This is one of those really unfortunate chapter divisions in the Bible. Uh, you know, the chapter divisions, verse divisions, those are not original. Those came centuries uh, after the Bible was written, and sometimes they just don't really make sense. Uh, this is one of those, because the chapter kind of ends and a new chapter begins right in the middle of a paragraph, and it's kind of just right, right in the middle of a thought. But we're just going to ignore that here. Uh, Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 31, Paul writes, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering, and a sacrifice to God. Paul is telling us in these verses that you are never more like Jesus than when you extend kindness to others. True kindness springs from a heart that understands how kind God in Christ has been to you. And so we are to then walk in love towards others as Christ loved us. 
Next, Galatians 5, verses 22 and following. Paul writes again, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So here we're being taught that we are never more like the Holy Spirit than when we extend kindness to others. True kindness is actually for the Christian a result of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Walking in the Spirit leads to kindness towards others. And then lastly, Luke 6, verse 27 and following, Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. As you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good. And lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Here Jesus is telling us, we are never more like our Father than when we extend kindness to others. True kindness is extending generosity and love even to those who don't deserve it, which is exactly what God has done to each and every one of us. Kindness, then, is an attribute of the triune God that we are being called to emulate. Be kind, all of these passages say, as God has been kind to you. Let the radical generosity, the undeserved favor that God has extended to you through Christ, work its way out into your daily life, as you, led by the Spirit, are now kind to others. Now, some of us in this room, I shouldn't say us, some of you, are naturally kind people. Others of us, I include myself there, uh, don't come by this quality naturally. We're naturally selfish, self-centered. We don't uh, think about the needs of others, much less do we actually put them higher than our own needs and desires. And we're being called here to work on this attribute. Uh, and this is what sanctification is all about. Walking in the Spirit means that over time as I follow Christ, the Holy Spirit is working on me, making me more of those fruits of the Spirit that we looked at a moment ago from Galatians. And so one of the best evidences that you are truly converted to Christ, that the Holy Spirit is in you, is that over time you should see yourself becoming more kind, more gracious, more merciful, more loving. Don't accept that harshness is just how you are and you can't change. Let God work on you. One of the clearest indicators that he is, is the quality of kindness and generosity towards others increasing in your life, especially towards those who are the hardest to love, those who test your patience. May God help all of us to pursue this kindness. Let's pray together.